0: rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast and leave us a royal rating of a five-star review, which is always very helpful for us. Yes. Um, you can also send us an old-fashioned email at info at dot com. And this week, we have a lot to discuss. Um, there are celebrities standing up for Meghan and Harry. Yes. Which we like. Um, cute Archie Harrison update. Yeah, it really helps the stress of the first story topic. <laughs> <laughs> totally, it does. And then we are celebrating Kate's love of photography.
0: Yeah. I miss I miss her, yeah. It's, it helps it helps tide me over a little bit. <laughs> so I'm appreciative. So first we
1: have our royal refreshment, and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail.
0: Yeah. So this one was sent to us by the folks at Caledonia Spirits. It's their Bar Hill Reserve Tomcat Gin. It's very interesting because it looks like a whiskey or a bourbon, but it's a gin. Yeah, it's a brown gin, which is very confusing to me, but it's very delicious. It smells really, really good. It's really good. And we mixed it with lime LaCroix. We've been doing a lot of lime LaCroix because it's nearby, <laughs> but it, it actually does make sense with gin because it's sort of like a gin and tonic. But this mm-hmm. one has like all these interesting, sort of floral like flavors and scents to it i'm i'm really down i feel very refined i have to say i feel like i'm drinking like a whiskey ginger ale well not through taste but through the way the it color looks. yeah it's it's
1: interesting i it's, like it it's beautiful it's like a nice gorgeous color that i
0: would drink <laughs> i guess and it's from vermont oh they nice. don't make enough liquor in vermont
1: thanks vermont
0: have you been to vermont i sure have i always so wanted much to Oh. oh my God! You gotta go and eat the cheese. Also, just the scenery. Yeah, it's pretty. It's very beautiful, but also cheese.
1: Ah, uh, speaking of scenery, <laughs> we have a really great um, listener email from Catherine. Um, She writes that over the spring, I spent about 11 weeks backpacking, canoeing, and caving with a group of 11 people as part of an
0: outdoor leadership course. 11 weeks? Caitlin. should we do this? No. (laughs) 11 (laughs) weeks? Wow, rejected. I couldn't. I mean, Catherine, I respect you very much. I'm very excited for your future as a leader. But 11 weeks? I couldn't do 11 days. I know. I, I get, live in New York City. I get very nervous when I'm around nature. Yeah, me
1: too. Uh, Catherine continues, because there's little to do in the backcountry wilderness besides make, make fun of each other and debate ultimately irrelevant topics, we got to a discussion of whether or not we think Queen Elizabeth can make oatmeal for herself. We also ate lots of oatmeal, so it was on the brain. <laughs> for those 11 weeks, I, an avid Royals fan since Kate and William's wedding— held strong, and still believe that the queen can definitely make her own oatmeal if she wanted. Since my course ended in April, I've thought about emailing you to hear your opinion. As I was listening in the car to last week's episode during another car nap, car nap. (laughs) Adorable. (laughs) I heard your discussion with Caroline from Town & Country about Balmoral and royal vacations, and I was reminded of this hot take debate. Caroline says it's reported that the queen does her own dishes at Balmoral, well, that is all the proof I was looking for that she definitely can make her own food, right? Sure, she has sh- chefs somewhere, I'm oh, sorry, elsewhere, but I know that deep down she's a woman who knows how to follow directions on the damn oatmeal packet. <laughs> if she cleans up her own dishes, I'm sure she makes the food that dirtied them in the first place.
0: At least sometimes. So I definitely think she can make oatmeal. Because I can make oatmeal and I'm horrible at cooking. I just think that she. You know, I'm fascinated to know – we've discussed this a little bit in the past, like ages ago, that Megan and Kate both, when they entered the royal family, had to go into basically survivalist training in case they were kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And I feel like Elizabeth grew up this way and probably has to re-up that lesson every five years. So I feel like that would be a part of survivalist training, would be like how to make your own fire and how to make oatmeal. <laughs> like maybe not an 11-week course on that topic, but – a long weekend, probably, of that kind of training.
1: Yeah. So so the gist is, Caitlin and I are not going on your 11-week course no. with you next time you do it, Catherine, if you do it again. And secondly, yeah, the queen can make some dang oatmeal. I think so. We don't know for a fact, but we believe it with every fiber of our being. I sure do. She just, like, she's a tough broad. She can make oatmeal, you know? Yeah, she's super tough. She can take care of herself. Um. So now we have This Week in
0: Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History... So this is a slightly dark one, especially because of the headline that we pulled from Women's Wear Daily. It was, um, they ran it in last, no, sorry, two years ago in August. It was Princess Diana's final summer. Um, So it's just a look, you know, we're approaching the anniversary of her passing, and it's a look at um, how she spent those last couple of weeks. Um, So in that summer of 1997, it was, um, Diana was embracing a new phase of her life, WWD writes. Um, She's only 36, which like... Will it's never so, not shock me, especially so as I approach
1: that age. Because you know, of course, we were both young, and I thought of her as like older, like she's a, a mom, you know.
0: <laughs> but now I'm like, uh. no offense to the moms, I'm like 36 is super, super young. Of course, we were like, you know, 11, so it seemed really. Old to us at the time Um, but yeah so she was 36 and she began that summer by selling off um, 79 of her gowns in this really big auction at Christie's in Manhattan and the proceeds were benefiting several of her favorite charities including the AIDS crisis trust Um, and then by July of that summer she was dating um, WWD describes him as Egyptian playboy Dodi Al-Fayed he's the son of the Herods' then owner uh, Mohammed Al-Fayed So, of course, there were tons of tabloid photos of them. And I always remember those pictures of them um, on the yacht in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, Mm -hmm. So they had a summer – well, she had a summer
1: of charitable visits to places like Bosnia and Angola. And also she went to New York City to meet with Mother Teresa. But then she also, of course, spent weeks um, in the Mediterranean Sea with Doty, And in the weeks leading up to the tragedy, um, she spent a lot of time on – that yacht, and yeah. she was pretty secluded for much of it. I mean, of course, there were some pictures, but um, uh, Women's War Daily, two years ago, spoke with um, someone who was working as a stewardess on the yacht. Amazing. And she said that the summer involved a lot of barbecues on the beach, walks ashore and dinner. Um, and that the princess largely enjoyed swimming in the sparkling waters around the mega yacht and sunning herself in a number of one-piece
0: swimsuits, sorry, but same. Yes, she had only a small amount of baggage and everything was very compact. There were bathing suits every day. She was obviously very experienced at traveling and would literally come to breakfast in her bathing suit ready for the day to just swim, um, which I really like. And she, this woman... um, Debbie Gribble. She describes Diana's demeanor as relaxed, fun, and light. Um, she was a totally different person in public and private. I didn't get the sense that she was on the edge, on edge at any time. I get the sense that she was just enjoying this freedom, being in the moment and actually living. And then towards the end of the summer, according to Debbie, Diana
1: um, expressed eagerness to return to a normal schedule in London, including reuniting with her two boys, Harry and William, and, um, Debbie says she mentioned looking forward to getting back. She wanted to see her boys and she liked to go to the gym. That was a big thing she mentioned a few times to me. She also missed eating at a more (laughs) of a British time, which is at six or seven o'clock, as opposed to 10 o'clock in the Mediterranean.
0: She was really living a totally different lifestyle than what she was used to. Yeah, really. Really incredible. Um, What a summer. I just remember, of course, those images of her on the yacht or like sitting on the sort of diving board, you know, Mm -hmm. with her feet dangling off the edge. It's like a really iconic image. And
1: then later when um, Naomi Watts played her in that movie, I'm not sure when, it was sometime in the last few years.
0: Yeah. But she recreated those that image as well because it's so iconic yeah it's nice to think that she was having like a a happy summer and a a stress-free one um before the horror that was to come um but yeah so that is we're approaching that anniversary that'll be next week um but that is our week in royal history meanwhile other vacationing royals Yes. Uh, so this is something that we're really struggling. We don't Lisa, understand. Put, Lisa just put her hands to her cheeks with horror.
1: We don't understand how this is a story in the first place. Yeah. Well, like, so. we know that August is slow, but like, how is this a story? So to take it back, I'll I'll like you know channel the rage through <laughs> inform like information. Um. So, you know, everyone thought that maybe Megan and Harry were going to have a quiet birthday at home. But it turns out they actually went to Ibiza and they had what sounds like a lovely time. I mean, no one has anything like on the record about it, but it just sounds like they had
0: a nice break, which honestly, like, why weren't we there? Yeah, Um, we're reading Elle's report, um, which also quoted um, some of the Spanish outlets and The Mirror and Hello, and they said that they... You know, they flew to Ibiza, that they stayed in a secluded villa, they traveled with their security team, and that they hired five local escorts who knew the area to sort of take them around. Um, okay, so that happened. Um, I like the idea of them being with Archie on a little birthday vacation. And I like the idea of them, like,
1: touring around and seeing some like getting to know and the area. Like, it just sounds like a really lovely holiday. I mean, not a holiday that I would go on because I don't have money, but like sure. a holiday if you have a little bit of cash handy. But it just sounds like they probably had a lovely time that they deserved.
0: And then, so... So that was about two weeks, two or three weeks, almost three weeks ago now. Um, But the news of the trip only broke in, like, the last week. And then it was compounded almost immediately by news that they also went to Nice. So I feel like You know, we play we pay close attention to it, and it still felt like the two stories were sort of immediately combined, these two trips, um, because one was at the beginning of August and one sounds like it was maybe just last week. Um, They went to Nice in the south of France, and um, we now know because he spoke out about it that they were staying with Elton John at his villa. Um, And
1: so the thing that's been making headlines with this is that they took private jets reportedly to Ibiza and then— The niece they were photographed getting off a private jet and you see a picture of Megan you don't see her face she's got her big white hat on but she's holding little Archie and he's wearing such a cute little outfit travel outfit like I think he's like super stylish already I mean obviously like Megan and Harry are dressing him so they're (laughs) stylish but so the story that's been going around was that they took two Private jet flights. You are two two trips on private jets, jets. four flights. And people were calling them hypocritical for you know standing up for the environment, which they've done and will continue to do. Yeah, and then also taking private jets. So they were like, it was insane how many stories were just out there and like the anger about this. Yeah, and then you know, uh, sorry, Elton John was the first person to be like. whoa Mm -hmm. guys slow your effing roll not an actual quote (laughs) so he took to social media and he said um i'm deeply distressed by today's distorted and malicious account in the press surrounding the duke and duchess of Sussex's private stay at my home in nice last week um prince harry's mother diana princess of wales was one of my dearest friends I, felt, I feel a profound sense of obligation to protect Harry and his family from the unnecessary press intrusion that contributed to Diana's untimely death. After a hectic year, continuing their hard work and dedication to charity, David and I wanted the young family to have a private holiday inside the safety and tranquility of our home. To maintain a high level of much-needed protection, we provided them with a private jet flight. To support Prince Harry's commitment to the environment, we ensured their flight was carbon neutral by making the appropriate contribution to carbon footprint. Um, So, wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, we didn't, As far as I recall, we didn't know that that's where they were. We knew they went to Nice, um, but we didn't know that they were staying with Elton John um, until he sort of spoke out and said, okay, they were with me, by the way, and I offset the flight by donating to Carbon Footprint. Um, So I sort of made up for the flight by doing that. Um, And, you know, he – of course, it's a major deal that he would bring up Princess Diana and essentially say, like, what you did to her you're now doing to her son um you know it's a really big deal that he would do that um everyone remembers that they were friends and him singing at her funeral and i just i it would it really moved me um the specific language that he used i feel a profound sense of obligation to protect harry um because of course he's known him since he was a little kid i just yeah i was really surprised that he did that and then of course once elton did that um a lot of other celebrities started doing it, like um, Nacho, who, of course, they work with um, from Bale, He's like a, an ambassador of the organization. He said, um, I also have the privilege of spending time with these two great with this two great humans. I say privilege not because of their status, but because of the kind people they are. They are the most humble and kind people that I know. And who they are should allow them to be even more inspiring to all of us and said the Press focuses on attacking them and trying to find problems where there are not. Um, H and M, we have your back. Please be patient and do not change a thing. Um, And then the next person
1: that, or the next person that we saw, spoke out was really surprising, but really lovely because we did not know that they hung out. So Ellen DeGeneres uh, wrote on Twitter: "Portia and I met Prince Harry and Meghan in England to talk about their world, their work on wildlife conservation." They were the most down to earth, compassionate people. Imagine being attacked for everything you do when all you're trying to do is make the world better. Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, first of all, we were like, oh, that's a very busy August. I know. <laughs> you know? We're like, okay. Uh, hanging out with Elton John, hanging out with Ellen. With, is Archie still technically a newborn?
1: Okay. This is where, like, the non mother <laughs> of me. I'm like, He's an infant he's a newborn in my mind because he was just born.
0: Yeah, he's an infant. I don't think he's technically a newborn anymore. But, but you know, you moms have, out there, let me know.
1: You're super busy with a little baby. You're yeah. secretly guest editing an entire magazine <laughs> yeah. that the entire world is going to read. Yeah. And then you have Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi just stop by to talk about, stop like, the Windsor. work you're doing.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible. It just goes to show, I'm obviously, we're always going to be fascinated by what their lives are like behind the scenes and uh, quite glamorous, as it turns out. But, I will say, like, I think based on what I, I, you know, obviously I follow a lot of Royals reporters on Twitter and all of the Elton John and Ellen DeGeneres and Pink tweeted to all of that coverage, all of those um, social media posts were yesterday afternoon. And by the morning, the Royals reporters were responding to it. And all of them were kind of like, you know, this doesn't make anything any better. Like the story was a already kind of disappearing about the private jets and also like the part of the criticism against Harry and Meghan is that they're too, like, celebrity-friendly or that they want to be celebrities too much. And by having all their celebrity friends, like, pop up and defend them, it only emphasizes how much time they're spending with celebrities. I mean, it's just more like they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. Like, there's no... That's what Elton was trying to highlight. That's what Ellen was trying to highlight. Like, they're trying so hard to make the world a better place. And it just... I feel like we talk about this a lot, that you can... If you want to find malicious intent with whatever they do you can find it.
1: Yeah, you can you can see anything with
0: bad faith. Like if you are angry and at Harry or you're angry at the concept of the monarchy, then you're going to find the I mean, yes, I can observe the theoretical hypocrisy of Harry but like it's not even as if Harry has said don't travel on private jets and then he he flies on private jets. He says let's help the environment. Like it's not as if I don't know. It, I actually think that Lainey
1: Gossip said it better mm-hmm. than we could say it. Um, so I'm just going to quote her really quickly. You. I'm very eloquent. I mean, you're eloquent, Caitlin, <laughs> but you're not Lainey Gossip. The, the anger gets in the way. I think I've been very clear that I think that Lainey Gossip is just so <laughs> phenomenal. It's Lainey Lee and she's just so smart and she's like a social anthropologist. And so if people are turned off by the term gossip, she's not just gossip. It's like what's going on behind the stories. So she wrote in a post that was about another story that's happening Um Here's the thing. There should be a, com- a conversation about royal travel and climate change and hypocrisy. That's a worthwhile conversation to have in context. Prince Charles has been a climate crus- crusader for decades, the first British royal to take up the cause way back when people laughed at him. He's flown private. Prince William, who has also urged uh, climate change awareness, uh, flies private all the time, most recently to mystique with Kate and his children. Any concert- oh, sorry. Any conversation about climate change And the royal hypocrisy then should involve all of them. Yeah. So it's like there is a conversation to be had, but attacking these two
0: specifically just seems a little pointed. Just again and again and again. And the fact that, you know, like I don't want to go there, but the fact that this is like on the the front pages of newspapers when there is something else happening with the royals that's like so much worse, you know, or not worse. It's all like it's just how can you focus on Harry and Meghan at a time like this but of course like people will find a way like they just must hate them right that's like the only conclusion you can draw and by they I mean certain aspects of um, British society certain aspects of maybe all society but like wow you really have to have rage against these two people to find something bad in every single thing that they do Mm -hmm. you know like they went on a family vacation if I could fly on a private jet I'd Probably would. I also would love to fly private to Elton John's villa in the south of France.
1: Yeah, I would also like to fly private. But then I also really am like reading about, you know, glaciers melting yeah. and like the why the ice in Greenland is melting. And so I think you can, you know, it, it's, it's just I guess it's a really difficult balance for. Yeah. Anybody, And luckily, I have
0: literally no resources, so I can never fly private. Yeah, it's not a big, like, etern- internal struggle for me. Um, what I did think was super helpful is that uh, town – again, we, as we always say, we love town and country. Their uh, reporter, Victoria Murphy, did a story on how the royals really travel, which is exactly what I needed in this kind of moment because I was like, okay, so they all fly private all the time. But, like, is it all the time, like – should they be changing their ways? What is their most common source of travel? And she sort of summed it up. And of course, they don't have one way of traveling. Sometimes they do fly commercial. They'll fly on British Airways. Um, I was re- they they put in the piece that um, when they went to when the Sussexes went to Australia, they flew. Um, sorry, Qantas. Qantas, exactly like the sort of Australian airline they flew first class, um, and. The, the answer is they all do different things all the time. Like they fly different ways all the time. They take trains very often around the UK um, when they're traveling, you know, on their own sort of property. Um, they travel um, by car. Of course, we all have the images of the queen behind the wheel, you know, especially around Balmoral and things. Um, so they like to drive. You know, we've seen, I'll never forget, of course, like, we've seen prince william drive his babies home from the hospital so they drive they take the train they fly commercial they fly private they fly first class they do all kinds of different things one thing i thought was really interesting in this piece from town and country um was where they
1: mentioned the royal yacht which was decommissioned in 1997 that's a damn shame but remember when um it's the royal yacht britannia but it was in the crown oh yeah that's right that's right yes
0: Oh, that's oh, that episode kind of dragged oh, for me. Oh, I forgot to tease
1: at the beginning. We have to talk about the crown. Oh, yeah. That's, so that's, we're going sure to we get do. into that a little <laughs> bit later.
0: Yeah, that's true. That episode really dragged for me, except that he wears that cute Christmas sweater, Prince Philip. Um, yeah, I just... So this was, like, really helpful for me to know. And, of course, all of this information is public because they... they re- Release their annual financial reports so you can see how much they're spending on private and public flights and or commercial flights and all that information is out there. But of course, in this case, I don't think the issue is the money and the expenditure um, because this flight was paid for by Elton John. But it's more the the carbon footprint. Um, I don't know. They're diplomats. Like I feel like them flying private is not that surprising. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't hitch a ride on air force one whenever i feel like it you know there are safety precautions so yeah they won't let you on they won't let me on um (laughs) (laughs) but um, let's talk about
1: something cute yes and that thing is little archie harrison who we finally got a little bit of an update on (laughs) and it's really just like a source talking to people but it's extremely important because it's a question we've been asking since he
0: was born what effing color is his hair indeed well now we know He has tufts of reddish hair. So remember a couple weeks ago we talked about my favorite people headline, which was Prince George's, quote, a jolly little person? This week we have better quotes in a people headline, which is Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's son Archie is, quote, a happy baby, unquote, with, quote, tufts of reddish hair, unquote. It's so nice.
1: Um he apparently has lovely, puffy little legs in, t- <laughs> in addition
0: to the tufts of red hair. He's really adorable, said the source. Puffy little Legs and tufts of reddish hair. We did kind of see the puffy little legs when Megan was getting on and off the plane, so that was a moment I appreciated. But wasn't he wearing um, pants, like baby pants? He? Well, you could see the puffy little—I mean, puffy. By puffy, I mean baby legs. Baby legs, chubby little baby legs. I—I I think the word puffy is actually hilarious in this context. Yeah. So help me God, if you called my legs puffy, but
1: oh yeah, I would go cry in the bathroom and I'd like look at you and be like, I don't care. I'm like I have no insecurities then I go cry in the bathroom.
0: Oh, puffy. But when he. He's um two, three months old, he can be puffy. Um so and I love that update. That's
1: the entirety of the update. But, I mean that's fine. But we love that update. Yeah. So, like more details, please. Like, does his hair become more reddish? Does it get a little bit brown? We want to know. Take us yeah. on this hair journey, please. And
0: soon we're only months away from their trip to South Africa, and then we'll have more photos of this baby and we can, you know, judge the reddishness for ourselves as we can with the puffy legs. I they better can't stay wait. puffy. Did you know um, I used to dye my hair auburn? Uh, me too.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Really? <laughs> there are I feel like of every it. brunette does that at some yeah. point
0: where you're like, I want to be blonde, but I can't. I'm not going to. Tr- I, I had like blonde highlights in eighth and ninth grade because like remember Kelly Clarkson on American Idol with like the super no! chunky blonde? It wasn't that blonde. You should not use that as
1: inspiration, Kaylin. No. That was a horrible
0: decision. No, that's not what I had. But I just want to take you back to the era of like 2002, 2003. Um that's where I was at. So I had the chunky blonde highlights. Then I went for red hair circa like oh seven, oh eight, because I worked in a beauty store. So I would get free dye or like discounted dye. Um, it was a, a grievous error. But I imagine wow. Archie's hair is cuter than what I was trying to pull off. Wow. I hope everyone loved this update. <laughs> oh, well, we have another really cute, like happy, lighthearted one, which is that the newest season of Suits um, is now back, which of course has no um, – rachel zane on it aka megan markle yes and her husband on the show um patrick j
1: adams who is married to troy and belisario who i love yeah do love her because she was in pretty little liars which i love um anyway he and rachel on the show had moved away and so now he's back um for a, a role like a bit on the show and
0: someone asked him how's rachel and then he replies. And he said, good. In fact, if I told you how good, you probably wouldn't believe me, which is like a really cute little cheeky cheeky moment. Yeah. Um, and then the the Suits official Twitter account, um, they tweeted out a GIF of that moment and they wrote, turns out Rachel is doing really well, all caps. Um, so that's super cute. That is really cute. I love a fourth wall break. Yes, that's why Fleabag... Well, one of the many reasons why Fleabag (laughs) is such a powerful show and so effective. Can we bring up Fleabag once per episode? I'm pretty confident we can, (laughs) and we are. Summer 2019.
1: Um, So now uh, we have a little Kate thing. It's not really an update so much because, you know, it's August, so we all know it's a slow time for the royals, but it was just World Photography Day, and Kate, the photography-loving person she is... uh, Well, I don't know if she posted or Kensington Palace's... um, Social media team posted, but someone on Kensington Royal posted (laughs) that today is World Photography Day when we celebrate the art, craft, and science and the history of photography. And then um, there were pictures of Kate with that little boy that she met at a photography event, and then images of the boy's photography.
0: Yeah, they sort of, it's so cute. So they introduce uh, nine-year-old Josh Evans, and he was at that event that she attended in June. And so they shared um, three of the images. Three? Let me look at them right now. Um, Well, first they shared a picture of Kate with Josh, and then it is one, two, two, three, four, five. his images and they're all like little nature pics there's an amazing like neon colored lizard there's a beautiful daisy and there's like a leaf with little water on it very sweet and this isn't on the lineup but um
1: chris jackson of getty who we say repeatedly that we love we absolutely adore him and he also has a very cute baby so i highly recommend you follow solid but he just posted something for world photography day as well and it's images of the royals with cameras so remember we discovered the world discovered that Harry is also a really great photographer when Sussex yes, Royals are Geo-ish pictures. Yeah, I thought it was National Geographic, but no, it was Prince Harry. <laughs> um, so they posted some stuff. But then um, he just had uh, pictures, sorry, Chris Jackson had pictures of Prince William with the camera, uh, Camilla with an I want to say old school, but by old school, I mean like circa 08 um,
0: digital camera. Yeah. It's actually really <laughs> funny. So all the pictures of them are them of like their faces, like the younger royals. And then Camilla's just holding hers up to her eye like my mom would be taking a photo. Yeah. It's just really cute.
1: It reminds me of college when I would bring my digital camera oh my to God, a party, to every party and then take a million pictures and put every single one of them up on Facebook as if that did not show just like how thirsty for like attention and... um everything that i was because like the effort it
0: took let me reassure you that's what we were all doing the sunday mornings after college parties at least if you were an older millennial like we were i know i can't imagine if you just had like a camera on your phone You, you just keep uploading things throughout the night it's very different um thank god that didn't happen to us but really cute day and i like that they sort of saved this this moment for josh i wonder if they i'm sure they told josh before they like you know, listed his full name and age. but They must have. I just imagine, like, all... Yeah, they mention um, his mother, Natasha. She joked about her son not knowing that it was Kate. It didn't matter to Josh. He gets on with everyone. But in a few years' time, when he sees the pictures of him and Kate, he'll know how important today was, wow. which is really cute. Um, and actually, that's referring to... um Josh spoke to reporters as well. I didn't know who she was, but she wanted to see my pictures. I still don't know who she is, but she has my favorite picture. And I showed her the picture I took in the garden of the leaf in the puddle. So freaking cute. I like that he still doesn't know who she is. He's like, I still don't know why you're talking to me. It's like, it's fine. I'm not going to learn. Get your recorder out of my face. Um, Maybe that's why they like hanging out with kids so much, like, You know, when you really think about it, Kate always looks her happiest when she's at a kid event, like looking at this Instagram right now. And I wonder if just because they're like, you are pretty and you have nice hair and they're just friendly to her. And also she just likes kids. Well, of course. And she's a great mom. It's just like there's such an innocence to kids and they don't care about who she is. They just want to talk to her. That must be nice. (laughs) And then we have another quick update. Um, So
1: Entertainment Weekly has a new cover story, or at least it came out late last week. So... That's why we kind of forgot to tease it at the beginning. But it's all about the crown season three,
0: which is actually going to happen. First of all, I can't believe after all this like teeny teeny teases where they were just like released a still image from the set. Now we get a cover of Entertainment Weekly. Um, and all these like interviews and all these fun behind the scenes videos and images. And so the sort of like well, maybe you'll have a different standout, but the standout hilarious moment to me is that Helena Bottom Carter, um, who is playing Princess Margaret, she says that she actually has met She met Princess Margaret before she passed away. She said, my uncle was actually very close to her. She was pretty scary. At one point, she met me at Windsor Castle, and she said, you're getting better, aren't you? (laughs) Referring to her acting abilities.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. And she goes,
0: well, I presume that's what she meant. Like, what would you be getting better about?
1: Um, The thing that stands out to me is something that I have to give you credit for, because you actually emailed it to me, like, last week. Um, But so somebody asked Olivia Colman what it's like to play um, the role of Queen Elizabeth after Claire Foy. And just like, you know, this part that's been played by like an award-winning actress. Yes, and she does such an amazing job. And so Olivia Colman, who again, we stand, Yes. um, She said, it's horrendous. (laughs) Everyone loves Claire Foy, so I have... I've got the worst job in the world at the moment. You're saying all the worst things. Thanks. Which
0: is hilarious because, obviously, Olivia Colman is incredibly talented, intensely talented. We're not just saying that because we're stands. We're saying that she just won the Oscar. And yeah, like she's you want won- proof. Yeah, she's won so many awards and... Just, again, that three-second teaser that they released last week, I was like, she could, she might kill me. I was very impressed by her acting ability in those three seconds alone. So we know she's going to kill it. Um, and, of course, I feel like that's the British humor to be like, oh, me? What? I'm going to be terrible at this. But, of course, she's going to be amazing. I don't know if watching this
1: will evoke the same emotional response that watching Fleabag did. But when I watched Fleabag season two, not season one. Season one was very good, but season two was especially powerful. Unbelievable. I was just like, oh, my God, my life has changed. Like, the world is different now. And I feel like The Crown
0: will have the same thing. Season three, I'll be like, wow, the world is different. Yes. I So I, like, really, really recommend reading the whole article. They also um, discuss, they give all these, I don't, it's weird to call them spoilers because, of course, it's the course of... The 20th century. You can find them on Wikipedia. <laughs> like we know what happened to Queen Elizabeth over the course of her life, um, but it mentions that the notable historical subjects that we will be covering, that they will be covering in season three, include um, the 1964 discovery that the Queen's art advisor was a Soviet spy, the Labour leader Harold Wilson's rise to the Prime Minister that same year, um, the Aberfan disaster, which was an avalanche of coal waste that buried a school in Wales. <gasps> I didn't know about that. Well, it's funny you say that because Olivia Coleman said I had never heard. Heard of it, which breaks my heart slightly, Coleman says, of the event which claimed the lives of 144 people. Oh my God. mostly children because it was over a school, it you buried can, a school. You can tell I haven't read the full article given no my gasps. It's okay, it's okay. Um, that's what's so interesting about the show. Like, obviously, they could cover like the major events in history that we've heard of, but it's so much more, um. I don't know, like fascinating to see the smaller moments like season one, that episode where they're covered in like all of London is covered in this pollution fog that depresses them all for a couple of weeks or um, her visit to Ghana and how important it was for her to dance with the leader there. Like those moments are so much more interesting than like, I don't know, her discussing. I've tried to think of literally any important moment in British history in the 20th century and I can't think of any so yikes this yikes is why, this is why I need the show <laughs> yeah this is why Um. so okay uh, well before we adjourn the royal pod we have some highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows I haven't thought of any <laughs> <laughs> you know they're gonna keep that in now Aww. Um. my low is the malarkey yeah Um. my low is thinking about what must be going through Meghan Markle's head right now? I mean, Prince Harry's probably used to it, obviously, but just what must it be like to, I just hope that anxiety isn't settling into her. I hope her inner strength is just like prevailing because it must be so terrifying to come back from maternity leave, you know, this fall and be like, wow, I wasn't even active this summer and people still found reasons to hate every single thing that I did. So, yikes. How can that not seep into you, you know? Think about, like, when you've had a terrible boss and they just, like, you get so anxious about what they think about you that it starts to affect your version of yourself. Except, in this case, your boss is the world, the whole planet, telling you how to feel about yourself. Yikes. God. Sorry, Yikes. I brought us way down. Yeah. That was What's a, your high?
1: I mean, that's a low. So, like, it's okay. Lows bring us down. Um, so, my high, I just feel like after everything that we discussed, my high is going to be um, what you just said about Helena Bonham Carter and... <laughs> Uh, the Crown, because I did not read that full article, but I there's did so look much, at all the pictures.
0: There's just so many, like, great, great tidbits. There's lots of good stuff in there, so I highly recommend I it.
1: love, I mean, I don't like when people are mean, obviously, but I do love hearing stories of Princess Margaret and some of the things she said, because sometimes I romanticize her, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, we all have our bad days, and I'm like, oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, that's why, again, we love that 99 Glimpses of Princess Margaret book that we discussed last year when we had the author on, Craig Brown. Um... She really she loved a cutting remark, you know? Yeah. Um, so always recommendation for that. Um, my high, my silver medal high is tufts of red hair. Mm-hmm. My gold medal high is Puffy little legs. Aww. (laughs) It's so
1: ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I just love that, like, one quick update like, oh, he's got red hair and puffy legs. And it's like
0: breaking news. It makes my whole week also, like, not for nothing. After reading all this, like, terrible tabloid stuff, I was like, puffy little legs just I helped know. me. I know. It's like, that's the breaking news I need in my life. Exactly. Um, okay, so you
1: guys can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals.
0: And then we have a review. Would you, you please read it? Yes, it's from KT Delav. Um, I'm officially obsessed with Royally Obsessed. This podcast is something I look forward to every week as Caitlin and Lisa. Also, it's both Caitlin, right? Which... Not to make it about me, but there are some aunts and uncles of mine who can't spell Caitlin right. So I do enjoy seeing the different <laughs> ways people spell your name. Yeah. Um, and their guests dish on the latest royal news and provide context with info from the past. As someone who's a fairly new royals follower, the context is key. That's actually good to know because I just think there are certain things that I take for granted as, I don't know, like basic common knowledge. And obviously, if you're here listening, it's because you have some knowledge about the royals. But... Then every once in a while, like a friend will ask me a question that I'm like, you seriously don't know who that person is?
1: Yeah, but then on the same at the same time, like people will ask me questions, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that we have guests on who are actual experts. That's true. So it's always very helpful. Um, but Caitlin, what is the correct way to spell Caitlin? I mean, I know it, but like <laughs> I know how you spell
0: it. But is that like the universal way, or is your way kind of like edgy? I I'm I think it's a bit edgy. I think with a K is a little edgy. I think C A I T L I N would be like the most Irish way of spelling it, and that's an Irish name. So I think this. I think C, um, no extra K and no extra. Y is probably, you know, K's and Y's. It's a rare, it's a rare spelling. Fascinating. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Uh, So you guys can
1: follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and please join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Caitlin,
0: where can we follow you? You can follow me at HeyKMenz, H-U-I-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. And you can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and
1: Instagram and also LisaRaya.com. So many Lisa Ryans. No Lisa (laughs) Ryans. Uh, And so until next week, please, please, God save the pod. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: all I got. That's all I got today. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast production.